for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to John Mashota, who covers the Dallas Cowboys for the Athletic, about Sunday's Super Wild Card game in Dallas, 49ers and the Cowboys, a rivalry renewed. A couple of teams that squared off in multiple three straight NFC Championship games, both teams winning multiple Super Bowls. A lot of people would tell you that those NFC Championship games were the Super Bowl. It's the first time they've met in the playoffs since that 1995 NFC Championship game. All things we can talk about with John Mashota, who joins me next. Today is Friday, January 14th. It is a pleasure to welcome to the update for the first time, John Mashota. He covers the Dallas Cowboys for The Athletic, and you can hear him on The Athletic Podcast Network about them, Cowboys. i got to tell you, John, here out in the Bay Area, I'm not sure how many 49er fans are going to dial up the podcast. With respect to you, I'm sure you guys do a great job, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Uh, so I was talking to you before we got going here. You are not a Dallas native. So I'm wondering your perspective. I'm from the Bay Area here. Grew up a uh, parents, 49er season ticket holders. And it's funny that in, I'm 33 years old, or I will be this year. The whole 49er Cowboy rivalry to me is sort of sort of lost on me in that it's been about the Rams. It's been about the Seahawks. It's been about a bunch of different stuff. The Packers even in the 90s with the 49ers. Do you get a vibe? I don't know exactly how old you are, but, but your feel uh, being a guy who's not from Dallas about this rivalry, what's the feel? in Dallas this week well so I I turned 40 on uh, Saturday (laughs) congratulations happy birthday to you I appreciate that I uh so this is big to me because this is like Cowboys 49ers when I fell in love with football because when you grow up in Detroit at that time obviously Barry Sanders is a huge deal but you don't expect to really be competing for Super Bowls and 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 there's just so much parody in the NFL now that people I feel like forget that like in the 90s it wasn't like Oh, Cowboys 49ers to like go to the Super Bowl. Cowboys 49ers was the Super Bowl. Like whoever won that was going to be the team that went on to the beat whoever the AFC was going to give you to, to beat down. So to me, this is this is big time. I love those because really growing up in Detroit, you just I don't know. Like I didn't have a major rooting interest. I w- I always loved Joe Montana, but I just knew it was going to be a big game either way. And now I've been down in Dallas for a little over ten years. I've been covering the team for about 10 years now. And I will say the most fascinating thing to me about the Dallas Cowboys are that they have a good local fan base, but like the Cowboys fan base is their like national and international fan base. That's the crazy part of Cowboys. Local Cowboys, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of football fans. I mean, you're in Dallas, Texas, but like that's not the part that blows you away. That's how like in 2014 when they opened against the Niners and that stadium was like half 49ers fans, like you're going to get that a little bit down here. That's just a small sample with what the Cowboys and the Cowboys fan base is. And so I don't expect that to be the same crowd for this game. I expect this to be a, a diehard Cowboys fan base that's yearning for some playoff success, you know, yearning to take the, finally take that next step. And that's just where they are right now. It's kind of like where they, where they are this regular season while there are a lot of positives, you're the three seed in the playoffs, all that's great. The measuring stick for the Cowboys, whether it's with the media, fans, whatever, national, local, it's win some playoff games. That's why Mike McCarthy was brought in because Jason Garrett was winning the NFC East. I mean, Jason Garrett was getting to the playoffs. He just couldn't get them far in the playoffs. They haven't been to the NFC Championship game since 1995. And so that's why this game is just so big on Sunday for, for the Cowboys fans because it's like, all right, can you take the next step? Can you win playoff games consistently? Is is Can we be excited about that? Or is this just more of... Yeah, we know we have a talented roster, but when it matters most, we fall short. 
Well, that's a good place to jump in then. Five years uh, since Mike McCarthy's been in the playoffs. I saw the uh, the presser with him the other day where he went, wow, five years? He looked off to the side and had to confirm, has it been that long? Has it been five years? Yes, Mike, it's been that long. 49ers and, and the Cowboys, obviously, much history in the postseason. You mentioned the NFC Championship games. I don't believe they've met in a, well, certainly not a super wild card weekend, in a wild card weekend matchup like we're going to see here. Give me a little insight into how the season has gone. Because you said, you know, the fans are expecting them to win playoff games. They've got a talented roster. Pass defense has been spectacular. Dak Prescott in the uh, the last couple of weeks of the season was really, really good. They've got a good tandem running game, a few big wide receivers. Give me the, the scope on the Cowboys season and how they're viewed. Are they looked at by the fan base as a legitimate Super Bowl contender? I believe that they are. I would say it's not quite to the level that it was during the first six, seven games of the year when they were rolling. Uh, the only loss they had was the opener, and it was really not even treated like a loss because it was like, man, they just went into Tampa Bay and they just went blow for blow with the defending Super Bowl champs on the night that, you know, they got their banner hung in their stadium. Like, maybe this is something here. And then they went off and rolled off the next six. And you're just like, man, there's something special going on here. Dak Prescott was certainly playing at an MVP level. And then he strained his calf uh, right before the bye week at, at New England on, on actually the game winning play, touchdown of CeeDee Lamb in overtime. And for about the next month and a half, it was like, was it the calf? Is he not seeing things well? The offense just didn't look the same. They got blown out by Denver. Like there were just so many things that happened that left you being like, it's great that you can beat up on the NFC East, but the NFC East is like nothing really to write home about. So it's like, you always felt comfortable by nothing else. I mean, you look at the NFC East, you're just like, okay, you don't even need to know that much about it. The Cowboys have Dak Prescott. None of the other teams in, in, in the division have a quarterback even close. Like as long as you don't have a season like last year where Dak gets injured, the Cowboys should win the NFC East every year. And and, and, that, and that's even going forward, looking at where this division's at. So that's not enough for fans down here, you know, it, and, and, and it shouldn't be enough. That's why they hired Mike McCarthy. It was, can you take this team to the next step? That's why Jerry Jones, it's not like he cast, you know, this time of year is, I mean, that's all, you, if your team's out of it, all you're reading about on Twitter or on, on The Athletic is about all the new coaching changes and the coaches that are available. The Cowboys didn't cast a wide net. You know, I mean, it was like, we want Mike McCarthy, we're going to get him. So... This is why they got him. This is absolutely why it is. And so there's just a lot on the line on Sunday and probably an unfair amount on the line for Mike McCarthy. Do Cowboys fans hate the 49ers the way 49er fans still hate the Cowboys? It's funny you say it because I think they hate the 49ers <laughs> fans for filling in the stadium in 2014. But other than that, not really. And you know what's kind of no. weird about it is just like they just the way they've lined up. It's like, yeah, they played last year, but it's like. Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard going against Andy Dalton is not going to get any fan base riled up against each other. You go back to that 2014 game, and going into that season, the Cowboys are coming in off, off an awful 2015 where Romo couldn't stay healthy. Expectations were super low, and the Niners had, I mean, they were rolling with Harbaugh and Colin Kaepernick, and, that, and it just like, the, you really didn't look at that game as like the Cowboys and Niners. So there's just been too many times like that. There was, there, there was a big game up there, I believe it was 2016, where man, the, the Cowboys were just rolling and they were just on another level at that time. And so I didn't really get a big sense of a rivalry there just because of how well the Cowboys played that season. And so this is the first time in a while where it's like, no, these are both legit teams. This is going to be a heavyweight fight here. Like this is going to be, this is one that takes you back to the, you know, the mid to early nineties. And so, but no, to answer your question, I, I don't get a major, a major hatred down here. No. 
So what's sort of funny about those games from the 90s and even in the 80s, they were built sort of differently. These two teams, I feel like, are, are a little bit more on par with the modern NFL. They're, they're built similarly to each other uh, in the sense of they're good defensive asset teams. They've got teams with big weapons on offense, big receiving games. Tell me what the, the give and take is going to be for the Cowboys and the 49ers this week, being that they have a great pass defense. Micah Parsons has been fantastic as a defender. 49ers have a great rushing attack, but on the other side of things, you talk about the great play of Dak Prescott and the pass rush for the 49ers in your estimation what's going to give there which team has the edge in those two uh, elements in in offense and defense well I think it comes down to just these two teams want to play different styles like the Cowboys would love to have 11 12 possessions Dak throwing it all over the yard San Francisco wants to run it and they want to stop the run and so if San Francisco does that I really don't even care about the other stats. They're winning that game. If they can shut down the run, which they've obviously been great at doing, and they can run the football, which not only have they been good at running the football, but the Cowboys last year were horrific at stopping the run. And some of that has kind of peaked its head up recently. And so there's a lot of fans that are kind of like, hmm, uh, that's not a good sign because everyone knows you have to stop the run, but especially against this team, especially against San Francisco. I mean, the 49ers get rolling and they start going downhill. It's going to be a long day for the Cowboys. I'll say the one equalizer and one of the reasons why they want them to pass, too, is just the way this Cowboys team is, is because, one, they want to throw with Dak Prescott and all these and all these weapons in the passing game. But, two, I don't want this to come off as like a knock against Jimmy Garoppolo because it's not. They just want you to pass with a pocket passer so that they can allow Micah Parsons and Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence to pin their ears back. And even if they're not getting to the quarterback, they're causing enough problems to where Trayvon Diggs and that back end of the defense is causing all those turnovers. That's been so big for the Cowboys. And obviously the 49ers have done a pretty good job taking care of the football, relatively speaking. But that's one way that it can swing it for the Cowboys, like especially early in this game. The Niners, if they turned over the ball early, that would be just such a bad sign for them because one, that's a great sign for the style of play for the Cowboys. But two, and maybe even bigger than that, is it those takeaways this year have been such an igniter for the fans, particularly at home, and that's the last thing the Niners would want to do is, is to get this AT&T Stadium crowd into it. If you wear them out and you got long drives and it's to the casual fan, it's the quote-unquote like boring type just kind of run football game, you'll take the crowd completely out of it. You don't want to give any big plays up. So that's why the two styles are so different. If you can tell me how this, what style this game is going to be played at, I'll tell you who wins this game. Right, because if, if the Niners are able to do what you're talking about, and that's what they want to do as well, their secondary has not played particularly well this year. They've been banged up. They were leading the league halfway through the season and in pass interference penalties in the secondary. And so they want to do what you're talking about and what they did in 2019, what the Cowboys want to do, which is pin their ears back, hit the quarterback. And uh, give me a little scope on the offensive line then for the Cowboys. How's it played over the, the recent weeks here? Obviously, uh, Nick Bosa's been a monster this season, a huge comeback year for him. Samson Ebukam for the Niners has been great. Uh, as far as your expectation for the offensive line, play for the Cowboys. Uh, what are your thoughts on this week? To sum it up for the entire year, I, if I just had one word, it would be overrated. And that's just because, especially nationally, people get this sense of just, I mean, really going back to 2014, there was just, Jason Garrett really wanted to establish when he was turning this, you know, building the team the way he wanted to, running game, you know, big, high draft pick offensive line. And so because of that, you know, they they drafted Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick and Zach Martin all in the first round. It was like, this is going to be the identity. And so you still have Zach Martin and Tyron Smith, but that reputation that they're still like one of the best offensive lines in the league is, is just, that's not, that hasn't been true this year. Like Zach Martin, absolutely. Zach Martin has played like, in a way, like Trent Williams has played for San Francisco, where you're just like... He's been one of the best all year, yeah. Right. Not only is it in name where you're just like, man, this guy's been doing it for a decade. You're also like... 
and he might be doing it the best he's ever done it this year. So, and both those guys, Hall of Fame guys. So that part's similar. But Tyron Smith's been banged up. When he's been right, he's obviously one of the better off uh, left tackles in, in the in the game. But there's been a lot of issues on the interior, particularly at left guard and center. That's where you can really go to work. And uh, maybe that's where an Arik Armstead goes to work there. Uh, they got issues there. And because of that, it's almost forced them to keep Ezekiel Elliott in the game more because he's such a good pass protector, whereas Tony Pollard is the better big play running back. But they need that extra pass protector in there because just the offensive line has not been at the Cowboys' offensive line of basically the better part of this last decade, that standard that, it, that they set. Yeah, Tony Pollard will give you some splash plays. Another happy to have him back. Full practice participant as of, I think it was Wednesday this week, right? He uh, he was able to get back out there completely. Uh, I know, you know, it's easy to look at stats after the game and say, well, if you win the turnover battle or you win the third down battle or you, you convert on third down or you get off the field on third down, it's easy to tell who wins. Is there a guy you look at that you think is the X factor in this game? Obviously, on defense, you look at Trayvon Diggs. There's a guy I was, I was scoping out watching some uh, uh, Cowboy games earlier this year thinking C.D. Lamb. I used to think of him as kind of a slot guy. Now he's all over the place, it feels like. They use him all over the field. Uh, uh, on the outside, on the inside, they'll run him deep, they'll run him short, slant patterns. Is there a guy you look at as an X-factor for this game where if he has a big game, could be the game changer for the Cowboys? Tony Pollard would be at the top of my list just because when he's played well, whenever he's been here, it's been like an embarrassment of riches where you're just like, oh, that guy went off? Like he's not even, like he's five on the on the list of guys. So if he had a big game and they rested him last week to be ready for this game, he's been dealing with uh, plantar fasciitis, but he still has, even with that, playing through it, that that home run potential. That's why he was, for most of this year, was their kickoff returner. He would be a guy, if you told me that Tony Pollard played well, I'd be like, there's no way that the Cowboys lost that game. That would probably, yeah, that'd be the number one. But even with that, I just feel like when I look at this matchup, there's nobody on the Cowboys, outside of Dak Prescott, obviously, that compares to like Debo Samuel, where you're just kind of like, man, if Debo has a huge game, like he, I mean, like he just did this past Sunday, you're just like, man, that's going to be a handful. And that's, and that's going to cause problems for the Cowboys because they're good when you have a traditional number one wide receiver because you can put Trayvon Diggs on him but like are you going to really put Trayvon Diggs on Debo Samuel in the entire game with all the stuff he does out of the backfield like that could be your plan going in on the first couple series but you better have some alternatives too because you're not going to be able to just shut him down like that and he's such a big part of what they do but yeah outside of outside of Dak I'd say it's Tony Pollard Great conversation, man. This is a lot of fun to talk to you about this team and, and to get a scope because, again, they have not seen each other really at this capacity in the postseason in a, in a very long time and not at a time that I remember. You know, we talked uh, uh, NFC Championship years ago. I didn't come online as a sports fan until like 1997, right? I can go John Elway with you. I can go all that stuff. But before that, I'm a little bit lost. On the way out here, John, uh, just one thought for you on your, your Detroit Lions. Are you still a Lion, a bleeding heart Lions fan? Is that still sort of where your heart lies when you're not covering Cowboy football? Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's so easy to, to be a Lions fan when you cover the NFL right now because <laughs> you don't really have to go out of your way. Like, you're just like, eh, yeah, they're playing. Let's see what they're doing. But like, it's not like there are several people down here, even in the media, that are either from the Green Bay area or grew up Packers fans or have family members that are Packers fans. And I can see it, it's it's much more difficult for them because, one, the Packers have been the thorn in the Cowboys' side uh, when they have gotten to the playoffs. And then, again, this year, you know, that's the one that everyone's looking at, like, man, you really don't want to go up to Lambeau. So for people like that, it's a lot more difficult. But for the for the Lions, no, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's not a, a real, <laughs> it's not a real concern. So, But, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would there's nothing I would love more than to see the Lions one day win a Super Bowl. But I also feel very confident that – I got 40 years on this earth. Maybe I'll get 40 more, and I'm 
pretty confident I'm never going to see that happen. So, <laughs> yeah, forty more would be pretty sweet. But uh, if you're a masochist like this with the with the Lions, they could take some off your life, John. Hey, man, enjoy the game. Uh, it was great talking to you. And uh, uh, when these two teams meet again, we'll definitely catch up down the road. I really do appreciate it today. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Great stuff from John Mashota. A good little insight into what's going on down in Dallas. Always fun when you can talk to a guy who's not from the area but does cover the team. And, uh, uh, boy, it's got to be tough to be a Lions fan. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say this year, but each and every year it's probably pretty tough to be a Lions fan. Anyway, should be a fun one on Sunday. 49ers and the Cowboys. Call me a homer. I'm taking the 49ers, and I'm going to take the points as well. Thank you to John Mashoda. Thank you to Brian, my producer. And thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. And if you're wanting to get a little bit more on the Cowboys heading into this weekend, About Them Cowboys podcast, if you can stomach it on the Athletic Podcast Network with our guy, John Mashoda. We're going to keep bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports. We're going to do a look back at the Clay Thompson return to the floor. The Warriors in the midst of a bit of a tough East Coast road trip right now. We can talk about that a little bit next week. Also, what's going on with baseball's labor negotiations and if the 49ers win on Sunday, there will be coverage about their trip potentially up to Green Bay. As I guess we're all just assuming and writing off the fact that the Eagles are going to lose to the Buccaneers this weekend, which would mean the Niners would go to face the Packers uh, if the Eagles lose and if they beat the Cowboys. Everybody enjoy the game this Sunday. We'll talk to you next week. Big D, Dallas.